Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're in the building or whether you're worshiping with us online, if you're online with us, we extend a special welcome to you. Let's stand together today and begin to worship the Lord. God, we give you thanks for all that you are in us, for all that you do in us, for all that you've done for us. And God, we give you praise and glory today because you picked us up and you put our feet on solid ground. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you are to us in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Having a little technical difficulties this morning. Anybody know a joke we can tell at the beginning of the service today? Uh, technical difficulties are wonderful, aren't they? Technology in itself is wonderful, but when you have difficulties with it, you just want to strangle it, don't you? You just want to take the computer outside and just bounce it off the pavement. So that's what we're doing right now. We're deciding whether or not to bounce it off the pavement. Bryce, you can just hit the play button in the transport back there, and it will start. Wow, this is about as uncomfortable as I've been in a long time. Really, really uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God bless all of you. Thanks for being patient with us. Should I walk back there? I could. Talk amongst yourselves.
Okay, well. Uncomfortable as this has been. Thank you for your patience. We're not going to have any technology. Let's go. Ready? God, we are grateful to you for all that you've done, for all that you are to us and all that you are in us. And we give thanks to you and praise your name. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul. Come on, this bag of bones, this bag of bones. I tried, I tried with all my might. I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting A vagabond Just when I ran out of road And just when I ran out of road I met a man I didn't know And he told me that I was not alone He picked me up Come on. 
Come on and give the Lord praise today. Lord, we worship you. God, we worship you. We thank you. And you know what? If he did it for me, he will do it for you. If he's done something for one of us, he'll do it for all of us. He picked us up and put our feet on a narrow path, on solid ground, so we don't have to be uncertain about where it is we're going in life or the next life. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that we sense is here with us today. And so, God, today in this place, we pray that that spirit would move, that you would have your way in us, that you would teach us, that you would remind us of who you are and who we are to you. Lord, we want to honor you with everything that's in us, with everything that we have brought to this place today, our hurts, our failures, our fears, our successes. Whatever it is that we've come into this room with today, we bring it to you and we lay it down. And we say, God, we want you to take it. So move among us, we pray, Holy Spirit, today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, we want to welcome you today. Wow, what a roller coaster start to the service today. Technical difficulties, it happens sometimes, though, right? But welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for not getting up and leaving while we're having technical difficulties. Uh, if you're new today, we want to extend a special welcome to you, whether you're new in the room or whether you're new online. If you're new and you're here in the room, uh, immediately outside the sanctuary and to the left when you leave the, uh, the room today is our Connect Central and uh, we want you to stop by there, uh, pick up a free gift, and uh, you'll be able to meet some people from the church and talk to them a little bit, find out more about the ministries of Christ the Cornerstone, ask any questions you might have. Uh, also, folks that are regular attenders, you can do the same thing. Stop by and pick up information on small groups and youth ministry and kids ministry and all the things that we have going on here at CTC. Where you're seated is a uh, Connect card. And uh, we ask you to fill that uh, out every time you worship with us, just so we know that you're here, so we can stay in touch with you when you're not, uh, because we miss you when you're not here. So if you would just let us know you're here and who's worshiping with you. Uh, If you're new today, if you would just trust us with the basic information, name, phone number, email, whatever you would trust us with, and we will promise not to misuse that that information. If you're online and you're new, uh, there's a button that will pop up in the chat. There's also an I'm new here button that you can click. And uh, that will give you some information uh, if you're new and you want to find out more about the ministries of the church. Let's take a minute now and uh, catch uh, catch up on some of the activities going on around our church. Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. We don't often mention birthdays in our announcements, but it's not every day we get to celebrate a 100th birthday. Louise Ditchburn, who attends our Ellesmere campus, turned 100 on February 2nd. Louise, we want to wish you a very happy birthday. We have two very important dates coming up concerning the disaffiliation process. On Wednesday, February 8th at 6.30 p.m., District Superintendent Joe Archie will lead another forum on the process. Then Tuesday, March 14th at 6.30 p.m. will be the night we vote on disaffiliation. Both of these meetings will take place at the Bear Campus. Please remember that in order to vote, you must be a member. You can confirm your membership status by checking the list located in the overflow room at Bear 
and a lounge at Ellesmere. To learn more, contact either campus office. We received a letter this week from the Ministry of Caring, one of the ministries we support on a regular basis. The Emanuel Dining Room is part of this ministry providing for the needs of the poor and their staff serves 550 meals per day to those who are hungry. We are grateful for your generosity that helps us to continue to support ministries like this. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. Good morning. Good to see all of you here this morning online. I welcome you being with us here at Christ the Cornerstone. Our emphasis here is to love, serve, and engage. We love God. We love all people. We serve God by using our talents, our gifts, our abilities, uh, spiritual gifts that he gives to us, and we engage. We engage one another in small groups. We engage in helping each other grow and to carry one another as we walk through this life, but also we engage the world with a good message of Jesus Christ. So I'm glad that you're here with us today. I'd like to also take this time to, as, as Lynn did on the video, remind us of the ministries that we have together. But also we received another letter this week from an, one of the other organizations that, we, that we're able to be generous with because you are generous with us. And that is an organization called Meeting Ground. And it's a homeless ministry in Elkton, Maryland. And uh, got a letter. One of our members is the executive director of that ministry, uh, Sarah Weimer. And so we're glad to have Sarah uh, engaging uh, in, in her ministry with us and directing that ministry. So we support her in the ministry. And she mentioned she was grateful for all of your contributions that you give to us that we share with them. And uh, wanted us to know that they have served over 400 people, homeless persons in Cecil County, uh, last year and are grateful for your contributions. So I thank you also for extending your ministry to them and to homeless persons. It's weekends like this that we particularly want to pray that all people have a safe place and a comfortable place uh, to, to lay their head, to cook their meals, to provide for themselves. So we continue to pray for all those needs. Let's remind one another of one of the scriptures that we use to encourage ourselves in, in being generous and using the things that God has for us in the way he wants. So I invite you to read this out loud with me. Let's read this verse together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you the path to take. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to continue worshiping. Let me offer this prayer as the team comes back and we, and we worship together. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for you and who you are and what you have done for us. We thank you, God, for your mercy, for your kindness that you give to us. Thank you for providing everything that we need. We ask you, Jesus, especially on cold weekends like this, cold nights, that you would provide for all people. And God, we know we don't want to sit here and just say, well, I'll give my money to the church and 
the church will take care of it or I'll give my money to this organization. God, you may ask us to engage people in a different way. And I remember the story of Peter and Paul walking past the lame man and he asked for some money and they said, silver and gold, we have none. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. Jesus, there's so many of us in our world today that it may not be a physical ailment that we have, but but we meet people every day and we need to say to them, we may not have the physical thing that you need, but what we do have, we give you Jesus. Trust in him and he will provide all you need. We thank you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand together and worship. We've come to this table. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore at His table. Sing that again. I will feast at the table of the
been invited to the table of the Lord. You and me. I'm invited to the table of the Lord. He says, come just as you are to his table. thank you, Lord, for the table. We thank you, Lord, that you've invited us to the table. God, we honor you today. We worship you. Now that we're in our series on worship, body, mind, and spirit, Pastor Roger asked me if I would take some time in between songs as we are spending time worshiping in music over the next few weeks to just do some short teaching and encouraging about this. And so, if while I'm talking, if you feel like you want to sit down or if you want to come come to the altar and pray or you want to just whatever whatever posture you want to take nobody's going to judge you that's what i'm saying if you do that um but we just want to take some time and understand what it is that we do and why we come together to worship corporately now we love to sing that song that we just sang around communion weekend and obviously this is a communion weekend but it doesn't just have to do with the table of communion the men in their uh saturday morning bible studies uh back in uh December and January, uh, we're doing a six-week study by Louis Giglio called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And it was a great, great series. And during that series, uh, Pastor Louis had this table that was sitting up in front of the in the front of the room where he was teaching, and it had two places set. And there was the most extravagant food spread you've ever seen in your life on that table. And the point of that series was don't give the enemy a, your seat at the table. Okay, so... We want, to make, we want to make that clear right off, the, right off the top in terms of our worship. But the second thing is, God has prepared this spread for us. That is amazing. And sometimes we walk in and we're like, I don't like that. I don't like that message. I don't like that passage of Scripture he's preaching on. I don't like that song. I don't like the way they did that. I don't like the way they do that. That's okay. When our kids were growing up, what was for dinner was for dinner. And our daughter, our oldest daughter, our oldest daughter, our only daughter, she's 30 now. She's very strong-willed. If you look up strong-willed child in the dictionary, there's her picture right there. These are the choices for dinner, Bethany. Well, I don't like those choices. Sorry. Have you tried it? No. And I'm not going to. The point is, the Holy Spirit enables us to worship Him freely. Scripture says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay? But the Holy Spirit doesn't come to make us weird the holy spirit comes to empower us to be witnesses and to empower us to worship him passionately not weirdly nobody wants to be weird nobody wants to draw attention to themselves but we want to be able from the depths of our heart to tell god how much we are grateful for him and his gift the gift of his son jesus who purchased for us eternal life so all over creation the psalmist said the heavens declare the glory of god and the earth shows forth his handiwork The stars, the sun, the moon, everything about it sings praise to Him. And so if that happens, if the sun and the moon and the stars and all of creation sings His praises, then so will I. Unashamedly, with no reservation, passionately, with my arms thrown out wide. Then God of creation... There at the start, before the beginning of time, 
with no point of reference. Spoke to the dark, fleshed out the wonder of life. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planet's born. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you made. Every burning star is signaled by Creation sings your praises, so will I. And God of your promise, you don't speak in vain, no syllable empty your have spoken of nature and science follow the sound of your voice oh and as you speak a hundred million creatures catch your breath evolving in pursuit of what you It all reveals your nature, so alive. I can see your heart in everything you say. Every painted sky and canvas of your grave. Creation still obeys you, so
of that breath that you've given us. It's that breath that you put in our lungs that we use to praise you over and over and over again. Lord, whether we're in a corporate worship setting or by ourselves, we lift up our song to you, God. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Come on, say it. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs. So we Because you have put that breath in our bodies and because you put that breath in us, we will turn it back around and sing praise to you. In our series, and this week, where Pastor Roger is going to be talking about using our voice, lifting our voice to shout, to sing, to give God praise. Next week, we're talking about posture, kneeling, standing, sitting, whatever, whatever our posture is before the Lord. And then the week after that, we're talking about hands, lifting hands, clapping hands, playing an instrument with your hands. So today we're talking about the voice and using our voice to praise and honor the Lord. And it doesn't matter if you think you can sing or not. It doesn't matter if the person next to you thinks you can sing or not. God has given us such passion in our hearts. At least I can speak for me to say that God has given me, and maybe it's just because I'm a singer and that's how I most 
readily relate my praise, and that's how I'm most able to relay it to God. But there's something different about when we come together and sing. We come together to do four basic things. We worship through music. We worship through fellowship. We worship through hearing the word. And we worship through responding to the word at the end of the service. And all those things, this is all a worship service. Just because we're up here doing music, that's not the worship. But I was doing some research when I was in college, and it's fascinating how when you are listening to someone talk, if you don't take really, really good detailed notes, you're going to walk out of the room and quickly forget 90% of everything you've heard. Because you're, in, you're listening to this by yourself, and you have to intellectualize it, and your heart has to think about it and reconcile it with your brain. And then by the time you do all that, he's on to the fourth point, and you miss number two and three. So unless you take very, very detailed notes, you're going to quickly forget 90% of what you've heard. But even this song that we sang at the beginning of the service today, this is only the second week. And I would imagine that probably fully 50% of you uh, will go out of this building today singing over and over again in your head at least half the song, at least the chorus of the song. Because music touches our hearts in a different way. And I believe it touches the heart of God in a different way. We don't necessarily have to intellectualize music. Music we can feel, we can sense. And the Holy Spirit moves in and through us to help us to convey The psalmist said, sing a new song unto the Lord. And it has nothing to do with the copyright date of the song that you're singing. Sing a new song to the Lord means something that you are spontaneously on the moment. You're just, and it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter if you think you can sing or not, but you're just lifting up praise to the Lord for who he is and what he's done for you. Because we could go around this room today and we could all talk about the significant things that God has done in us. So that's an appropriate thing to do even in a corporate worship setting because we believe that even when we get together in in corporate worship that every single individual in this room and online has the opportunity to have a one-on-one encounter with the God of the universe. He's big enough to do that. And I want to encourage you to, to allow yourself to just relax in the presence of God. That's why we have the lights a little lower during the music so that you don't feel like you're drawing, drawing attention to yourself if you lift your hands or if you're clapping. It's all designed to kind of help you relax in, in the presence of the Lord and be able to express uh, your worship in a way that, that expresses your personality to God. We've all been made unique. Amen. God, we thank you for the expressions of worship that you've given us. You give life. You are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Come on, say it. Great are you, Lord.
there's no one else we want to praise today, now and forevermore. God, there's no one else that is worthy of our praise. No one else who is worthy of glory. No one else who is worthy of honor. And because you have given us the breath to praise you and the life, the vitality, the energy, the desire, that's what we bring when we come together. Be honored and be glorified and be exalted by what happens in this place when we are together. And God, move us through the message. Pastor, as he comes in a moment to bring the message today, move us to a place of decision. And Lord, help us when we leave this place today to be different than when we came in. That's our desire. Help us to change. Show us the things in our lives that you want us to walk away from, that you want us to walk towards, and help us to do that. We thank you, Lord. Continue to move by your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. presence of the Lord is with us. Thank you again for being here with us today as we gather together in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, worshiping Him. It is about lifting up the praises of God, and it's wonderful to hear your voices. And if you're at home, uh, I don't know how you're experiencing God, but I pray that you are there as well. God is not um, just in this space here today. God is everywhere, and we're grateful for that, thank you for worshiping him. As we continue, as Pastor Bill said, worship begins when we start, even if the start is a little bit rough. Worship continues through the songs. Worship, you know, we got we got infants walking around and uh, and children here, and it's beautiful to have the family of God together. All of it. Can you imagine? Uh, thousands of years ago, the people of God gathering together, and and as they came, they they didn't say, okay, the nursery's over here. They didn't say, go over here for the cookies. They didn't say, go over here. No, they were just there as they gathered together. They were all in the presence of God together, and it was a beautiful sight in the presence of God. And and uh, so we gather together in the same way. I want to invite Pastor Paul Owens to come up here with me. Pastor Paul is, is the, I call him the founding pastor of, uh, of Christ the Cornerstone. Good morning. Good to see you. Come right on up. I'll take my stuff out of the way. Good to have you. Let me make sure you're... I'm not going away. <laughs> I have asked Pastor Paul to come and speak to us today as... Many of you know uh, we are in the uh, in the a, a process of discerning 
the value of, of coming in, uh, of being part of the United Methodist Church. There we go. We've got green. We're good. And uh, we're in this process, and as the announcement said, on March 14th, we'll be having a congregational vote of all the members. By the way, if, if you're not sure, Lynn said it once, but I'll say it again. If you're not sure of your membership status here uh, at Christ the Cornerstone, uh, we've got everybody's names are listed on the, in the back. Uh, just behind you in this room over here is called our overflow room, and we've got 1,600 names listed uh, on the wall over there. And it tells if you're a member, if you're a friend, if you're a guest with us, uh, and if you want to be a member, we call them ministry partners. If you want to be a ministry partner with us, uh, I'm having a class today at 4 o'clock on Zoom. And uh, if you want to write down, if you, if you didn't already, uh, get some information about that class on Zoom and you want to be part of it, go ahead and fill out one of the cards that's on the table and drop it in the offering basket by the door and indicate your desire to be part of that class. Put your phone number uh, or email address on there and I'll make sure that you get a link to the Zoom meeting this afternoon. For that, but I've asked Pastor Paul to come and speak to us uh, about his thoughts about um, uh, disaffiliating from the United Methodist Church. Our board of elders is recommending that we do disaffiliate, so we're asking you to, to, if you're a member, to come and vote yes to disaffiliate because we believe that's the right direction that God is leading us to go. So, Paul, a couple questions. First one was, good to see you. Good seeing you too. How's Kathleen and you and everybody? Well, she showed up with me today. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're looking good. Come on, step okay. up here and, right. and share your thoughts with us, okay. if you would. Um, first of all, let me just say it's really a treat just to see so many faces that I haven't seen in a long time. And uh, you, you've always, the church, for me, sometimes I've wondered, uh, Pastor Roger, that those years of ministry, who got blessed more? You know, did did the did I bless the congregation, or was the congregation blessing me? And so many times, I felt this the blessings coming from uh, the church, and um, and I thank God for each one of you and all that's taking place here. And praise be to God. Um, when uh, and I'm sure I'm glad Bill took those singing voice lessons from me. Um, I told him, hang in there, don't quit, you know, it's going to come, and sure enough, it, it came. Um, let's see, I, if I, I have this little problem of, um, I got um, the shakes, it's not out of nervousness, it's just uh, something my body's trying to figure out, and I'm trying to figure out as well, so if, um, if you can read my notes, you may have to, doing to share, share some of these. If I don't, I'll make it up. All right. Well, <laughs> well, this is not a sermon. You know, I used to count the number of pages, and I was a 38-minute pastor, preacher, and it was way too long. And uh, as I look back and listen to in fact, I can't even listen to them. You know, I, my message is like, did I really say that? But uh, it's just a, a few thoughts that I pulled together. It's, it's about uh, five pages. It's probably about seven, eight minutes at the most. And then Pastor Roger's going to come. Um, As he said, Pastor Roger has asked me to come share with you some personal thoughts on the the upcoming vote for the uh, disaffiliation from the United Methodist Church. 
Um, I could just say, you know, be sure to vote to um, not continue our relationship. Let me go on a little bit further. I pastored uh, here for 36 years in the United Methodist Church. Yeah, 36 years in the United Methodist Church. And 30 years right here at Cornerstone. And the greatest privilege of my life was to spend those 30, almost 30 years here at uh, Christ the Cornerstone. And during those years of ministry, I have learned that we all have a propensity towards drifting from our faith. Because of that kind of energy that pulls us away from our relationship with the Lord and from growing in that relationship, it, it's so important to do some fundamentals like it's already been mentioned about worship and small groups. It sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. And serving and um, to be involved in the life and ministry of the church because, it's again, it's so easy. You, you kind of, it's like sitting in a boat and, and, and before you know it and you're not paying attention, you drift it out into the, into the ocean. And we do that with our own uh, journey in our relationship with Christ. Um, and thank the Lord that this is a Christ-centered, worshiping congregation. Thank you, the Lord for those that have found a small group where you can grow with each other and hold each other accountable, love on each other in the name of Christ. And that you've searched for your gift and you've discovered your gift and you're using that to strengthen the body of Christ and to encourage one another on their journey. Um, Roger, you know, it's funny. Cause I, I'm going to, do you think, I, can I just, I can't even see what I wrote. <laughs> can I move this or does it have to stay there? No, you can go where you need to go. Need yeah. more light? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the light, you know, you know. Um, Again, I've mentioned that, you know, it's so easy to, to drift in our relationship, trying to follow Christ and drift in a, a different direction. Of course, all these things do not save us. Only faith in Jesus Christ alone can break down the dividing wall between us and, and as sinners and uh, God, Christ, his son, as as. Uh, Ones that that guide us and save us. Again, we can't we can't all those things that we try to do will never save us, but they help us stay connected with the Lord. If it's possible for an individual to drift from our connection with Jesus, is it possible for a long-standing, worldwide historical denomination to drift away? from its principles, beliefs, practices, and lose even the primary purpose as to why it was created? And has the United Methodist Church lost its way and purpose? John Wesley, founder of Methodism over 235 years ago, made this statement. He said, I am not afraid that the people called Methodist should ever cease to exist in Europe or America but I am afraid lest they should only exist as a dead sect, as ECT, having the form of religion without the power. In 
And this undoubtedly will be the case unless they hold fast both the doctrine, spirit, and discipline with which they first set out. The truth is, sadly, is that in many ways the United Methodist Church uh, has already left us. It's not so much us leaving the United Methodist Church. The United Methodist Church, whom I love and was so thankful for, has, has left us. What do I mean by that? Many people think that disaffiliating from the United Methodist Church is, is, over, is over the decision within the church concerning the issue of homosexuality. That's why the church is splitting over the homosexuality. We think that. But the division in the church goes much deeper than this one issue. Many of our bishops, not all of them, but a good majority of them, superintendents, pastors, laypersons, and many others who serve in the multitude of boards and agencies throughout the church, United Methodist Church, have embraced a progressive and anti-biblical theology. In other words, we're pretty broke as, as far as a denomination, uh, an orthodox, Christian, Christ-centered denomination. Many in our United Methodist Church no longer recognize the Bible as the authoritative word of God. The Bible has been downgraded to the point where our opinions and experiences carry equal or greater value. Many in the United Methodist Church have denied the, the deity of Christ, that Jesus is no longer seen as God who came in human flesh, but simply a mortal man. Many have denied the virgin birth, Others have denied the resurrection, that Jesus was raised from the dead. And this is our current United Methodist Church. Um, and many deny that, that faith in Jesus is the only bridge to an eternal relationship with God. And on to that list, we can add the many in the United Methodist Church that have come to accept that the practice of homosexuality as a valid expression of a person's life both in and out of the church. And let me say this, and you know this, and you proclaim it yourself. When we meet a person, a gay person, a person who is practicing homosexual, you can be homosexual and say, you know, this isn't what I want for my life, and step back and, um, you know, and seek to live. We had a parishioner here that was had homosexual tendencies, and he said, Paul, I, I need to know this about this church. Does it proclaim what the Bible teaches about practicing homosexuality? And I, I said, you know, yes. We, you know, we, we make that claim and hopefully live it out as well. And we're, we're called to love that person. Christ died for that person. Um, but we also have a responsibility to, to hear what Scripture says and to, to live by that as well. But as followers of Jesus, should we not be asking, what does Jesus say? What does the Bible say? There's a, many years ago, I was encouraged to speak against a pro-gay resolution that was placed on the conference floor at the time of our, of our Peninsula Annual Conference. 
I'm not one who uh, seeks to speak in large groups. You can see why. That's not my gift. But I agreed immediately, and immediately I asked, asked the Lord, I said, what in the world do you want me to share? Because I was nervous about sharing from in a large group, about five, 600 people, um, about my, uh, that I was against this particular resolution. And I prayed and asked God, what, what, how do I address this? And I prayed and I felt it gave me um, this kind of illustration and it's kind of in a rough form, but um, it goes like this. There, imagine two churches. Imagine Cornerstone or Christ the, the, the Cornerstone. And, and the other church may be up the road. I won't mention any names. But this is, again, this is probably about uh, two decades ago. And um, over time, the first church gained a reputation in the community of preaching the word of God with an emphasis upon God's truth. And together they rejoiced that they knew God's boundaries of right and wrong. Let me just say that again. This is the first, this is one church gained a reputation, nearby church gained a reputation in the community of preaching God's word with an emphasis upon God's truth. And together they rejoiced that they knew God's boundaries and, and, and they knew right and wrong and they sought to live the life that God was calling them on. The second church, and that was really us, the second church over a period of time gained a reputation in the community of preaching the word of God with an emphasis on God's grace. And together they celebrated God's love and God's grace. The problem is, was, that life lived in the light of God's truth will eventually cause a person to be crushed under the weight of God's truth. If you try to live by this book, the Holy Scriptures, it eventually, and just live on your own effort and energy, it will eventually crush you because what God expects of, of us is, is serious stuff. And, um, and when we live uh, in, in light of that, it's just almost too much. You know, Roger, follow this Bible. Keep everything that it says. You know, and, and after a while, it's, it, becomes, it can become a heavy weight. We get crushed under God's righteousness, God's holiness, since no one can live a perfect life. Living by grace is, also has a, a problem. And when we say we're going to live by the grace of God, it, it's only an awareness of God's grace when we are celebrating God's grace in our lives. That's good, and, and this particular church lived that way. But focusing simply on God's grace, we can lose our focus and the direction that God is calling us. We remember God's goodness and love and mercy. And this is wonderful, and we can forget about the, the life that he's asking us to live. To put it simply, John, in John, the first chapter, verse 14, it says that, Jesus came 
the word became flesh and made the dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. Both of those have to work in, in tandem together. Grace and truth. Again, a church with, with all, we're going to live by God's truth. It will, get, it will crush itself. Or if a church says, oh, we're going to live by the grace of God, the, you know, we lose focus of that. And, and anything goes when you just focus on that, the wonderful grace of God. Anything goes. So you need both, grace and truth. And with our United Methodist Church, it needed and needs you know, grace and truth. Let me close with this, these two thoughts, uh, two kind of stories. Actually, I just told that the story. The, the last story that I'll tell is um, several years ago before I retired, uh, I would meet with a group of, of clergy, and uh, we would just talk about issues in the life of the church and try to encourage each other. And... Um, we spent some time, had something to eat, and after the meal, we got ready to go. And we, the subject turned very quickly to the issue of homosexuality. And one of the pastors said this. He said, the church is going to lose this battle. He says, I'm not sure it's worth fighting the battle because we're going to lose it anyway. He said, and this caught my attention, he says, my kids don't see anything wrong with a gay lifestyle. Society has kind of accepted that particular lifestyle. And again, it's not about hating anyone. It's about loving them enough to tell them the truth. And he was very discouraged that we have any chance of of winning the battle over this this whole issue. And as I heard him say that, you know, in my heart I felt like, Lord, help. Give us direction. Give us insight and wisdom. Help us to do the right thing. And I think the right thing is come March 14th. 14th the right thing is to say to our beloved United Methodist Church, we love you and value you, but we can't walk with you any longer because you have uh, disagreed with and um, ignored what the Holy Scripture sa- says about the issue of, of homosexuality. So what I, by the grace of God, I certainly plan to, to vote in the, for disaffiliation of our beloved United Methodist Church. Uh, for this cause of the betterment and strengthening of Christ's kingdom. May I pray? Please do. do. Father, um, thank you for your love and mercy, kindness that you show to us over and over again. Lord, uh, help us to be a church that, um, as it takes on a new pathway, to be full of grace and truth. Grace and truth, grace and truth, grace and truth. Please help us. Bless this congregation. Continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit. 
Help us to walk with you in light of your promises and your truth. And thank heavens for your grace. We praise you, O oh God. Bless the pastor, Rod, Pastor Roger, and all the pastors here this day. Encourage their hearts. Help them to be a strong voice for your kingdom and your righteousness, your goodness, your love, and your mercy. Bless them. For we pray this in Jesus' name, our friend, our Savior. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Paul. Beautiful. Uh, I met Pastor Paul probably eight or nine years ago. I asked for a meeting with him. We were down here on vacation. Uh, and uh, I had come across Cornerstone then because of my mother-in-law who had said, there's a church in Bear, Delaware that's doing things differently. And I wanted to see what was happening here. And uh, so I, Paul had Paul has um, uh, pretty good gatekeepers around him. <laughs> Judy Givens was a great gatekeeper to Paul Owens, and so it took me a while to get a response from Pastor Paul. But then again, you know, it takes a while sometimes to get a response from him. Anyway, <laughs> finally we got together, and what a great man he is, and it's been wonderful for me. To, and, and many of you sat under his teaching and under his influence for many years. And I know that you're grateful for that. All of it causes us not to worship Pastor Paul, but we worship the one who called him, the one who saves us. And that's really what worship is all about as we're gathering together. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about the space we're in. It's about the one who we worship. It's about God. And, and we have so much to proclaim about him. We have so much to rejoice in him. Absolutely. And, and, and that's what worship is about as we're, as we're studying, as we're learning about worship. And I've got, I want to invite the children if they would come up. I've got, I've got one scripture that I want to read together that talks about worship. And, and on Communion Sundays, we try to do something during the service that we can encourage the children to participate in and be with us. So come on, kids up here, and let me grab a couple of uh, things that on the table here, and uh, just sit right down here and face me. You can sit right there. Anybody else want to come up? Jack's going to come up, but he's going to walk around. And uh, uh, a story. Do you remember being scared at any time? You don't remember being scared about anything? When I was little, I didn't like the dark. And one hot summer night, it was my, I lived on a farm out in the country. And one hot summer night, it was dark after 9 o'clock at night, and we wanted some ice cream. But we didn't have any ice cream in the house. You heard this story because you read it. But anyway, we're going we're gonna to act it out a little bit. And uh, I t- told this story in an email that I sent out on, on a Friday or a Saturday. Uh, and and it, by the way, if you didn't get the email, it might be in your spam box. And so check that and let me send emails to you. And uh, so mom said, give me a couple dollars and said, go down the street to the convenience store. Now, between my house and the convenience store, it was about a quarter of a mile. Eh, let's say from here 
uh, up to the next neighborhood, if you, could, if you think outside and how long the field is. And there was a great big field, kind of like what we've got right out here, uh, that I had to walk down the road. Beside, But it was dark, and the only lights, there were no street lights. The only light was the light on my back porch at my house and the light at the store that I had to walk. And I had to go past through all this darkness. And on this side, like I said, was a pasture. Used to have animals in it, but at nighttime the animals were all in the barn and it was quiet. And then on the other side of the street was one neighbor's house. And his house was hidden underneath these great big maple trees. And their arms were reaching out like this. And as I, as I walked down that road, and those arms were reaching out. I thought, oh, somebody's hand is reaching out to grab me. And I started, my imagination started going. And I started to walk a little bit faster. And I slapped my, made noise on the road in case there was any, anybody out there. And then the breeze came by and I could see the breeze blowing the, the weeds that were in the field. And I thought, somebody's out there making those weeds wiggle back and forth and they're going to get me. And so I made more noise. And then I started to whistle because, you know, whistling scares anything away, right? Can you whistle? Whistle with me. Can you whistle? You know how to whistle? And it doesn't matter what you're whistling to scare anything away, but if you just whistle. Come on. And, and my whistling got louder, and I got more scared, more and more scared, the, 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 the darker it got. But I just kept going, and I kept going, and I kept going. But in my mind, I was thinking, oh, just get me through this, get me through this. And finally, I made it to the store. And I walked in the store, and, and Wimpy was there. Who's Wimpy? Wimpy was the man that ran the store. He was the son of the owner. He was probably only maybe 30 years old, but from my 8-year-old eyes, he was ancient. And, you know, like Pastor Paul. And you look at Pastor Paul and you think he's really old. But you look at me, too, and you think, man, he's old, too. Right? So when we're young, everybody's old. Everybody's old. And I thought Wimpy was there. I said, we need some ice cream. So I went over to the little cupboard or a little uh, cooler there, and I got some ice cream. And I picked out my ice cream, and I got it and went back home. And I got thinking about that story as I was reading Scripture from Psalm chapter 47. No, where am I? Hang on, Bryce. We're going to get the right scripture here. There it is. Psalm 27. 27, 46. And I want the congregation to read this with me. They're going to read on there. So join me in reading this. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most, is to live in the house of the Lord all my days. My life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. Why? For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. And then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Amen. Amen. And, and there's another scripture that I'm just going to read that quickly. It's from Psalm 47, verse 55 through 7. It says, God has ascended with a mighty shout. You want to shout? You want to hear them shout? Yeah, let's 
Listen, turn around so that you can listen to them clearly. And I want you to shout, praise the Lord on my cue. Ready? And you got to, I mean, don't get wimpy about it because they're judging you. Okay? Give a, a thumbs up if they do a good job, kids. And eh, a thumb down if you think they can do better. Okay? All right, we're going to, right. Colin's got it in the middle. All right. On three. One, two, three. What do you think? Good. We got up. Colin. Good. Good. Grayson. What'd you get? What'd you give him? A thumbs up. A middle. All right. One more time. One, two, three. (laughs) Colin's making you work. Let's see if we can get five thumbs up. Ready? One, two, three. Praise the Lord! There we go. All right. So, little help from the microphone. <laughs> but that's good. So I got thinking about that story about me being scared. David, King David, wrote these psalms. And the one that he says, All I ask is that I be in the house of the Lord. I, I imagine David being in the middle of his battle. And, and, and there, there are people all around him, hitting him, beating him, fighting him. Maybe they're over there shooting arrows at him. Maybe, they, maybe some of the arrows even have flames on them. I don't know. And he's probably got some people around him. But, but as long as he's, he, he's, he's cowering down like this, he's going to continue to get beaten. And, and I imagine him thinking, oh, if I could just be in the presence of God right now. Get me out of here, God, is really what he's saying. And, and, and when that happens, when he imagines himself being in the presence of God, because we can be in the presence of God during any kind of circumstance, right? Because God is with us. God is where we are. And so, and so when we think about being in the presence of God, there we are in the presence of God. We can say, God, come be with me now. I need you now. Get me out of this. And, and I'm talking to all of us. You know that, right? <laughs> and I imagine David being in this situation that when he thinks not just about the circumstances that I'm suffering from, but when he thinks about being in the presence of God, there he is. And look what he says after that. He says, then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. And all of a sudden I can see what direction I need to go. He might see somebody coming to help him because he's overcoming. He's looking over the, the, the difficulty that he's facing now. We can do that also. And all that is worth praising God for. And in the last scripture I wrote, the, the Lord ascended with a mighty shout. The Lord has ascended with trumpets blaring. I got some trumpets. These look like trumpets to you? Well, they are. Yeah, see, Catherine, the only smart one. Oh, I'm sorry. You're all smart. These are ram's horns. These, these got cut off the head of an animal. Not me. <laughs> And they used these to make noise. Sometimes it was a noise to call people, to warn people. But then they were also used to call people to say, hey, pray. it's time to praise the Lord. And every Sunday morning, every Saturday night, I blow this to call us all to come to pray together. 
And anybody who hears it is supposed to come and, and let's pray together. I'm going to blow it. This is what it sounds like. You like it. So, Pastor Paul used this one for many years. I don't know how many years. When I got here, he bought this one for me to use. Let me see what, let's see what this one sounds like. That's all I can get out of it. That's why I played this one, because I got to give them better. Oh, that was better. Should I try them both at the same time? It does sound like a train. It does sound like, I mean, that's what the people did to worship God. They used sound. They used their hands to make sound. Not just to make sound for themselves, but to say, thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, God, for being with us. Thank you, God, for protecting me, for hiding me in your place. Even though I might be at school or I might be in a frightening place or I might be alone. I might be in my bedroom at night and it's dark and, and I wake up from a scary dream. Thank you, God, for being here. Make some loud noise. Anyway, we're going to have communion together. Thank you guys for coming up here. And you can go back to your, you can back to your seats and uh, we'll celebrate communion together as we com- continue to worship God this morning. I want to give you an opportunity uh, as we take, as we receive communion this morning, let's say together the Apostles' Creed. I want to invite you to stand with me as we say this. And this is part of why do we worship God? What is it about God that we worship? This Apostles' Creed is a rehearsal of the story of God. It's a declaration of what we believe and what God has done for us. So I invite you to say this this morning with, with gusto, with, com- with commitment. Shout to the Lord and make a joyful noise. So let's read this together. Let's say these words together that brothers and sisters in Christ have been saying together for thousands of years. So let's affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's take a moment as we receive this sacrament. This is an opportunity for us to make any confession to God. That's also part of worship. We come into the presence of God, and as we talked last week, we realize that in the presence of God's holiness, our unholiness is exposed. You may have something that you need to confess this morning. You may have a need that you need to ask help from God. And so here's an opportunity for you to offer a prayer in silence to do just that. Let's pray.
Hear our prayers, O Lord. And let's pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray together, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. I'm going to ask the servers who have been asked if you would come now and and prepare uh, to share the sacrament. As you come this morning and in in, in our congregation, if you desire to receive participate in this sacrament, you are welcome to do so. Whether or not you're a member of our church, I, I invite you to come and receive this. As you come forward, I encourage you to come through the center aisle. We're going to have two places on each side of the table where there will be servers that have bread that has gluten in it, <laughs> and, and uh, you, they will break a piece of the bread off. They give you a piece of the bread. Then you may take your bread, dip part of your bread into the juice, and then you may eat it. Uh, if you prefer to receive the sacrament through a, a, a more sanitary uh, environment, we have these uh, prepackaged uh, wafers and cups of juice. They're here on the table for you to pick up. And if you need gluten-free, I'm going to ask the gluten-free servers if you go over on the to my left, to your right, uh, and serve. If you need gluten-free, you can come over there. Not that it's any less, any different, any whatever, but we just have to have it in a different place <laughs> for that. So let's uh, give us give us a moment uh, as I hand these out. And let's remember together that on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he gave thanks to you, to God. He gave it to his, just broke the bread gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks to God and he gave it to his disciples and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, remember me. table is set. Come to the table of the Lord. If you wish to kneel at the platform area to pray afterwards, I invite you to do so.
stand with us and sing this chorus one more time? And holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing, praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I worship you above all others. There is none beside you, O God. There is none beside you, O God. The prophet said, who among the gods is like you, O Lord? And the answer that came back is nobody. There is nobody like you. We're going to continue to spend a few minutes in worship up here. And as we do that, uh, the front is still open for you to come and pray. There are folks still at the prayer stations. We've been doing this now for the last several months. And, and what, what we were trying to facilitate here at the end of the service, we, you know, we talked about earlier about doing four specific things. Worshiping through music, worshiping through fellowship, worshiping through hearing the word, and then worshiping through responding to the word. And so in an effort to give those who might be responding to the word a little bit more of an atmosphere, an environment of prayer and worship, we want you to fellowship. We want you to laugh together. We want you to enjoy being together. But what we're going to respectfully ask is if, if you wouldn't mind moving that to the mall. And so when I say when you need to go, you can go. You're free to go at any point. You can go. You can stand. You can sit. Whatever posture you want to take and not feel any judgment about it. But if we could just, if, if we could just ask that we could preserve that atmosphere in here in the room for those who might be responding either here or to the prayer stations, uh, then we would just appreciate that. God, we pray that you would go with us this week. Lord, remind us of who you are and remind us of who we are to you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. Holy, holy, holy. 